people think, oh, domestic violence, it's physical. Right. They don't remember that it's also mental. Mm. And there's a lot of mental abuse that comes along with mm-hmm. the physical abuse. And sometimes the mental ab- abuse is so much harder to help mend <laughs> than the physical abuse. What's up, guys? Welcome to the third episode of Hollercast, and we are so glad you're here. We've got a phenomenal guest, as usual, for you, and I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation today. Remember to like, subscribe, and turn on the notification icon, and without further ado, Josh, take it away. And we have to take a second to thank our very first sponsor, Big Al's Pack and Ship. Big Al, we want to thank you so much. We're so grateful for you taking a chance on us, believing in what we're doing, and we really hope that we can work together for many years to come. Big Al's Pack and Ship can handle all of your shipping needs, from just dropping off a package to full-service shipping, U-Haul rental, and more. Big Al's ships out DHL, UPS, and FedEx and offers great service at affordable rates. Big Al's is located off of Roan Road in downtown Spruce Pine and is open Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. And we want to thank him again. We appreciate you get out there and support him. Yeah, like Chase was saying, we've got an awesome guest. Um, She's a guitar student of mine, and um, we got to talking while we were uh, doing the guitar lesson, and I learned that she has moved here, and I'm like, what a coincidence. We're doing a podcast where we talk about um, people who have moved here from other areas, getting different perspectives on the area. So, um, Jennifer Artiega, yes, and uh, she works for Safe Place. She is the financial officer yes. at Safe Place um, at the thrift store, or just for Safe Place. The agency, the as agency a whole. as a whole. Okay, nice, awesome. Um, it's great to have you. Yeah, Thank you. welcome. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Welcome. I can't stop smiling. I'm, it's going to be so much fun. I'm very, very, very glad to have you on the show. So tell us a little bit about, um, well, first of all, when did you move to Spruce Pine? Uh, July of 2016. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. So you've you've been here a minute. You've been here a minute. And I know we talked some before the show. How on earth did you find this tiny little town <laughs> out of the in- entirety of the United States? How did you find this place? That's the first question everyone asks. Mm-hmm. And, and then they say specifically spruce pine. Yeah. You know, yeah. out of everything, spruce pine. Um, I actually have an uncle that lives out here. Um, he offered up his house and... Uh, my boyfriend at the time husband now mm-hmm. uh we came to visit him in may and then between like in june uh into july we started packing everything in the car and did the three-day drive and gosh i bet haven't that looked was back something since. else and from california right? <laughs> from california nice yeah what part of california uh southern california orange nice. county nice is, uh, gosh that's not a transition that you uh right. that you hear very often that's got to be a culture shock huh it most definitely was. I gotta ask you: Was that, was that culture shock? Was that attractive to you? In in the sense, is that one of the things that kind of, or it, was it scary? What was the what was, was the what was that like? It was. It was really weird to feel so welcomed. Really? <laughs> it, wow, yeah. that's great. I mean, I walked into Walmart with my uncle, and he knew everybody. 
and everybody wanted to know wanted to know who I was, mm-hmm. and it was just I'm you know welcome and hopefully you like it. Go to the waterfalls, do this, do that, mm-hmm. all that great stuff. That's so. awesome. That's right. awesome. Um, you know I've I've talked to several different people, and and that was one you know like Josh mentioned I think just a second ago that was one reason we wanted to have. We wanted to get a transplant's perspective, and when he told me you were from California, I was like, "Wow, well, that's a that's a giant culture shock." So a little bit of Southern hospitality, kind yeah, of most what, what attracted you. I got you. Mm-hmm. I got you. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, I'm sure there was a a, a climate shock also. <laughs> it was until we hit about. Oh, I want to say I came in July. It was probably end of September. Yeah. That it started getting below 50. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? <laughs> Had you ever experienced that, like, cold weather like that in your life ever? No. Really? No, I mean, I think the coldest it would get would be, like, 55 out in California. Wow. And you were born and raised out there, huh? Born and raised. Nice. Yeah. I mean, if we wanted mountains, we had mountains. Right. But, you know, it was just a weekend and oh it's so cold ah mm-hmm. but you kind of power through it and mm-hmm. you go back home and it's warm and here you just kind of have to power through it for the next seven months yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Winter, winters are brutal here they really are and we haven't had a brutal one no. probably since you've lived here a, a brutal brutal one like i remember when we were growing up you know it's it's a little bit of uh i don't know I don't know if it's global warming or the climate change or or just a cycle that we're in or whatever, but it definitely seems like it's been a lot milder here in the last, you know, 10, 12 years. If it's global warming, let's all burn some more styrofoam because I love it. Yeah, I know, right? I enjoy <laughs> it, man. It. I'm joking, by the way, people. <laughs> I'm joking. But I do love the warmer weather. I really, if, if that's what climate change is, then uh, uh, bring it on. You miss anything about California? I'm sure you do. I miss the beach. Yeah. Well, I should say I miss the ocean, mm-hmm. not mm. the beach and gotcha. the people. Just being in the ocean um, is what I miss the most. I surfed That's for a awesome. while. Nice. So, I mean, being out in the water was nice. I, tr- we, I went down to, uh, what was it, uh, Hilton Head last mm-hmm. summer. Yeah. And... I was just watching the waves and I was like, man, this is, this, these aren't waves. Right. <laughs> They're not. I was They're literally not. just getting ready to say, I lived in Australia for a couple of years, oh, wow. uh, just uh-huh. on, just, uh, on the Northern beaches of Sydney. And yeah, those Pacific Island or Pacific Island, Pacific ocean waves are not Atlantic ocean waves. No. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. It's a completely different thing. So I definitely get that for sure. Um, What do you think about the current state of California, just out of curiosity? Current state as in? As in? Just as a whole. Like California seems to be having a mass exodus, and you got out I, right before the mass exodus, mm-hmm. right? I will tell you what. There was a point in my life where um, I wanted, if I, to- I told myself, if I was going to have kids, I was going to go back. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to, I knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. And then I started working where I do, and um, I started going into the schools a little bit, and I started to see what people really are like around here, Mm -hmm. and I was like, no, (laughs) I am going to stay here (laughs) and raise my children here. Um, It's just, it's it's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how 
different it is from what I remember growing up. Sure. Um, mm. And with the whole COVID thing, I was so happy to be out here because I can imagine I had absolutely no idea what it was to quarantine. I mean, yeah. we, we had to close our, we didn't completely close our doors. Mm -hmm. We, uh, because you know, it's, it's a shelter. We're open sure. to everybody always yeah. 24 seven. Um, but the office part of it, we went down to what they call a skeleton crew. So mm -hmm. there was one person a day and, you know, we did the rest of the work from home because luckily we had that possibility to do that. Um, and, you know, I'd walk down to the creek or, uh, you know, I'd hike my driveway yeah. and it didn't mm -hmm. feel as scary as you would hear it. And my parents and my brother still lived out in California for that whole scene. And oh, it, really? just listening to them and their moral state and just how sure. panicked and scared everyone was. I was just like, y'all need to come out here yeah. <laughs> because... My mental health is good. Yeah. We were talking about that the other day. I don't remember with who, but I'm, I mentioned that. We were we were largely insulated. Very much so. From a lot of that craziness the, that went on. Yeah, the fallout from COVID. Yeah. I mean, we, we were insulated to, or from a lot of the, uh, the hard lockdowns. And I think that's just our, um, I don't know if it's our stubbornness here. Um, because there was a lot of back and forth, especially online, going back and forth between people on, you know, how, on what to do, on how things should be handled. And obviously there was, you know, some pretty hard lines drew between different sides. But as a whole, the county and just this area really didn't see we didn't see any hard lockdowns i mean life pretty much continued as normal with the exception of a few things yeah uh but you know you're right we were absolutely very insulated from a lot of the stuff that happened well, it's like i can even remember we I, I, I remember the first person that got it around here i do too i was one of the first five people exposed really mm -hmm. yeah i was one of the first ones quarantined i, I never had it um but even I didn't know what to think. Like, there was only a few people that had it. And, I mean, if you turned on the news, everyone was dying. And, they, you know, they were showing Italy and all this other. And here we go down this rabbit hole. So we probably should redirect. But anyway, I mean, I was pretty freaked out for a while until I, I kind of. was in the they beginning. Were. It was just the unknown of it all. That's you know? exactly fear the I remember those like first videos that came out like people passing out and like china and all that mm -hmm. type of stuff you're like wow you didn't know what to expect right but thank god you know it ended up not being that big of a deal for us but i could imagine in california your family members that was yeah my mom was actually hospitalized um she was hospitalized for about two weeks <sighs> and then they sent her home with a ventilator or one of those little yeah. packs and mm -hmm. she was on that for another two weeks and then she got wow. better i mean it, it hit her pretty bad yeah that's yeah. awesome that she mm -hmm. recovered yeah she's good and she actually lives out here now so oh, nice. <laughs> nice. yeah they moved july of last year i believe did they awesome so nice. welcome that's yeah. great yeah yeah they stay here for the season that the inn is open they mm -hmm. work up there and then mm -hmm. the season that the off season they go to mexico and basically live a retired life that's awesome which i'm happy that they're able that's to fantastic. do yeah that's yeah. really cool that's mm -hmm. really cool you know i, I find that 
a lot in transplants and people that come here, you know, if you, if they put down roots here, it usually it's not too long before the family follows suit. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? You're absolutely right. That's a good point. It I, does I, seem to be I, yeah, families that, that do it. And it always has been. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they've got my aunt and uncle here and yeah, and then grandma and grandpa and everybody else. That's awesome. So, um, what, uh, how, how did you get involved with safe place um, to begin with? Actually, um, my very good friend and I see him as like a dad, a best friend, whatever you want to mm. call it. Just, uh, is Shane Vance. Mm. Shout out to Shane Vance. Love Shane. <laughs> Shane's awesome. Hello, Shane. Um, of course my uncle is the one who gave me the leg up and I will always thank him for that and yeah. giving me the opportunity to stay in his house and feed me and, you know, gotcha. push me out the door when he was like, Hey, <laughs> it's yeah. been a year. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> sure. But, um, we were introduced to Shane and, um, I told him kind of what it is that I wanted to do and he found out about an opening in safe place and I am bilingual so I speak both Spanish mm. and English yeah and there was an opening for a bilingual advocate um so I went in and I applied and I got it and mm -hmm. I've been there ever since and now that's I awesome do their finances <laughs> yeah that's great so it's it it just immediately felt like home yeah when I when I got there we're so lucky to have something like Safe Place, and it's such a good organization that's involved. You know, involved in obviously, you know, the thrift store and the uh, mm -hmm. they have the other kind of more high end consignment shop as well, mm -hmm. right? Right. Yes. Yep. Remind me the class. name of that. What's it called? Touch, Touch of, of Class. Touch of Class. That's right. And you know, my uh, my oldest son. I was telling you before we started that my oldest son works out there. He's doing his work internship up out there, and he loves it. He loves it. Those people are great. Um, so. Can you speak to kind of, I've always sort of wondered, I know, you know, that Safe Place is an organization that sort of almost intentionally operates in the background, especially the the, the shelter right. itself. Is that, am I right in, yes. in saying that? So I've always been curious, you know, and I, I know obviously you, can, you probably don't can't go into grave detail and I don't want to get in, you know, the weeds with all that, but what are the services other than you know we always knew it as a battered women's shelter right, right and i'm sure there are other things that safe place is involved in as well can you kind of speak to exactly what the safe place organization does and the kind of the spectrum of things that it does oh, most other than the thrift shop mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the thrift shop actually it all the donations that come in and that we resell and all that great stuff, mm. all that money goes back to the women that are in the shelter. Okay. It helps keep the lights on. It, you know, it, it, it's a really big help. We are uh, grant funded, so we do work really hard to get grants to keep it going. Yeah. But, you know, the, the thrift stores offer that extra leg up mm. for the other services that we ask. Mm. If you work with grants, the, it, they're very specific. It's mm -hmm. this is how much money we're giving you, but this is where you can spend it. Right. You know, right. And it's very limited at, to the shelter and running the, the main office. Gotcha. You know. Um, so the other office, the other types of services that we offer are, um, when, and there, there have been times where an inmate calls that he has court 
and they need clothes. So we clothe them from from the thrift store. Gotcha. Um, free oh, of wow. charge. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. If someone has suffered a fire and they give us a call, depending on what our funds look like from what gets generated from the stores, what mm-hmm. we have in store, if they let us know, you know, I have some kids, their bed is gone. Oh, we have a bed and some mattresses that we can mm-hmm. set you up with. Just mm-hmm. let us know. We'll write your name down. We'll put it on, on the stuff and you can go and pick it up. And wow. we do, there, there is so much more to it than just yeah. the shelter. Um, when we have the resources, if when winter comes around, we also try and help uh, with uh, fuel oil and, and yeah. stuff like that. Gotcha. We also have food boxes for the community. We're not fully functional as a food pantry, mm-hmm. but if someone, we're not going to deny someone right. food. Sure. Sure. So. And we're lucky to have a lot of other. I know the Catholic Church does an excellent food mm-hmm. pantry and things like that. That's, you know, neighbors feeding neighbors, obviously. Um, just in terms of the, the shelter itself, um, is that just a battered women's shelter? Or do you deal, obviously, I guess you, just by virtue of that, you deal with, you're dealing with children. Yes, we take women, children, women and their children, and mm-hmm. we take men as well. Okay. We also take women with their pets men yeah um there was some cases that we you know just nationwide that Mm -hmm. women you know in a domestic violence situation whether men women or whatever um they didn't leave because they wanted to stay back with their pet that's completely understandable so we were able to have a kennel donated when uh we started off by the post office mm-hmm. um and we've we've moved our office and our shelter which i can't tell you guys where that's at sure yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. um so we we've moved and the rotary club the uh the rotary the spruce pine spruce pine rotary this might yeah. have to yeah. get yep. edited but it's a, i don't no, know if good. it was the rotarians or the rotary uh, okay but um we were donated a kennel mm-hmm. uh, at this new at our new location and we actually have our first pet uh, currently oh, that's awesome. in that's our awesome. new location for I mean, that's not awesome that they're there but right. yeah of, no. yeah it's awesome that we were a, we weren't able to we were able to take yeah, them in sure mm. even with their pet and it was it's uh it was something that we saw nationally that some women wow. men who are in domestic violence situations don't leave mm. because th- they usually threaten to harm the pet or uh. they use the pet to keep someone there leverage so. you're right yeah so. way to manipulate mm-hmm. i'm sure that happens with children too they use children in yeah. the same manner unfortunately um how prevalent is domestic violence in this area um it's just, big is it yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean our goal is always to end it but it's big and I'm going to dive into another part of what we do. There's a prevention ed class. And when I say that, everyone always thinks, oh, sex ed or something like that. But it's not. It's we teach healthy relationships because our goal Mm. is to nip it in the bud. Mm -hmm. Talk to our younger children. Um, Noah was going into the schools before that. It was uh, it was actually our our executive director, Kelly. Um, Mm -hmm. She started going into the schools years ago. And she started that program. It, it's her baby. She's started it and kept it going in the schools. Right now, we go to Harris, Bowman, 
and we go to the high school and mainland early college okay wow mm-hmm. god how important is that I, did, I didn't even know anything about that yeah. yeah it seems like to me that's uh nipping it in the bud before it starts and man so many people you know don't you know i've always considered myself a pretty well adjusted person but i've found myself in a couple of relationships that were you know you, you get in the weeds and those kind right. of things you know and and you know especially when these folks might come from a home where it's already dysfunctional right it seems to me that those types of things are almost a generational thing correct it is it mm-hmm. is it's 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 heartbreaking when you see the cycle go through the shelter right mm. Right. And and the point is to try and stop it, to remind everyone that it doesn't have to be that way, you know, and, and like you said, sometimes they don't know different. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. our goal is to show them that there is a difference. Right. You know, maybe you put it on a scale. Is this is this okay? Is it not okay? Mm-hmm. And you know, that's what they uh we go to the sixth grade classes and then the the freshmen is wow. Those okay. are the ones that get the class and then the early college. Right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's really cool, man. How important is that? It's extremely important. And I wonder how, what kind of correlation there is between mental illness and substance abuse and, um, the people that go through these cycles. Do you see a lot of, um, a lot of substance abuse and mental illness and and the people who yeah unfortunately it's they come hand in hand yeah mm-hmm. and i think we spoke about this mm-hmm. once yeah where um it's really sad to see that sometimes we're not capable to fully cater to them because we're not Drug and alcohol counselors. Exactly. Well, we're you're not, not a hospital. We're not yeah. a hospital. We're, we don't have the capacity or the capability to treat their mental illness. Sure. And, I mean, it tears us apart every time yeah. because we know that when we take someone in, there is going to be substance abuse and there is mm-hmm. going to be some sort of mental illness, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And we always try and do the most that we can. And when they're in our program, if we reach out to all mm-hmm. the resources that we have in the county, mm-hmm. RHA, any type of counseling, if mm-hmm. they want to do it online with the whole COVID and all that mm-hmm. that was going on, right. we always look for all the resources and we help them um, find them and get them on that foot. Gotcha. On the right. And foot. I know, you know, that's something that I've uh, spoken, you know, um, I have two autistic children, two kids that are on the spectrum and, um, you know, just trying to get them, you know, the counseling and stuff that they've needed has proven to be a challenge uh, for me in this community. Um, it is. You know, RHA, I think, is a, is a reputable organization that I think, you know, wants to do good. But what I've, what I've found just personally is that there's a lot of turnover. Um, and, you know, in particular, in my situation, it was, you know, probably every three or four times that we would go it would be a different person and that's hard to to establish you know a mental health care you know relationship with somebody when you're constantly having to start over right those things seem to be you know and that's something you know i've, I've 
I've started to mention to you a couple of times, Josh, mm-hmm. but I've, we just hadn't quite ever gotten to it. But I, I'd like to explore that. You know, mental health in a small community is often a subject that doesn't well, get breached. Mental health in general, I don't think, is a subject that gets breached. For some reason, there's still quite the stigma attached mm. to right. mental illness. And as far as I can tell, everybody has some form of mental illness mm-hmm. in, in some capacity. So they're we really need to i think as a society as a whole um needs to do more to embrace that and learn to deal with them and 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 treat what what is going on Mm um i almost wonder sometimes if if you know since the pandemic um you know, I think a lot, like you mentioned this too, you know, I think a lot of that has moved online, which I think is a positive thing. You know, I do find that, you know, mental health care, it does come up more than it did before. But, you know, I, I know, especially around here, there's been a couple times where I, I, I've, you know, it does seem like, there's no you know, well, Appalachian culture is one of those, the, the quintessential pull yourself up by the bootstrap type of thing. It's like, oh, don't worry about it. You're just, you know, or mm-hmm. they're just crazy and they don't, you know, or, yeah. you know, you get a lot of that type of thing. Well, well, he can't handle himself or she can't do this for herself or whatever. And I, I think that stigma is yeah foresight or uh, what's the word? Um, there is a lot of that. There is a lot of that. And I, it's, um, it's a shame. Because I, I'm I'm a firm believer that our mental health is every bit as important as our physiological health. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, and even talking about you know having children on the spectrum, I don't even know that I I don't know that I would classify that as mental health maybe or even behavioral, but maybe well, it comes along. But sometimes it yeah. comes along with sure. things that sure. that fall into that realm for sure. You know. But we we absolutely need more resources. Um, in America as a whole, in the Western world, in the developed mm-hmm. world, we need to break down stigmas related to mental health. And I think we really see a, a well, we're seeing a mental health crisis mm-hmm. in America. Yeah, I, I think re- we are too. We, we absolutely are. I mean, if it's not apparent in our cities, I don't know what is. You know, you know I, um, last time we had a guitar lesson, we were talking about homelessness and the homelessness issues and right. how... Um, you know, most of the time, I'm, you know, generalizing here, but more times than not, that homelessness, that's a choice. It's not someone that's down on their luck. Right. Um, it's someone who has severe, untreated mental illness that has just became pathological. Fallen through the cracks. In yeah. Society. Th- these people have fallen through the cracks. And that's, it's, it's such a, um, well, that's a deep subject. It's it's such <laughs> I know, right? Well, it's not something that you can just throw money at and fix. No, it's not something it's not that you can, easy. It's no. not something neither you is can, domestic violence. No, I'm sure no, none of it is. You can't yep. throw money. You can't build them houses. You can't. You you have to. You have to nurture. Yeah. Thank mm. you. you. Have to nurture. Thank you. That's yeah. so. Um, what are the, what are the biggest challenges that Safe Place has? I mean, obviously, you know, I'm sure funding is a, you know, that's a challenge for every nonprofit organization, of course. But um, what are some of the other challenges that people in the community may not understand? I think it might be that a lot of them don't know exactly what we are. 
I didn't. I mean, I knew it was a shelter and Mm y'all had a thrift store to help fund the shelter. Right. I had uh, no idea of the other services y'all offered. And that's why I love doing this podcast because I'm learning so much. I know. Yeah. So that's that's what like the agency and the shelter are mainly grant funded Mm -hmm. because, like I said, it gives us a list. This is where you're going to put your money that we're giving you. And Mm -hmm. this is where we want to see each month how you spent it and that Mm -hmm. you spent it all by the end of the year. But like I said, we offer all those other things thanks to our thrift store. Mm -hmm. We're able to reach out and give back to the community whenever it is that they're in need. And I think that's where a lot of people are confused Mm -hmm. that they think, oh, I can't go there because they just do domestic violence. And sometimes we do limit it because we are one you know Mm -hmm. we are a domestic violence shelter and that's always going to be our priority Mm -hmm. but we always look through our funds we always try if we can't help you monetarily then we try to see if there's a way that we can help you through our thrift store right or with a phone call or with a resource Mm -hmm. with whatever Mm -hmm. it is else that is out there in the community Mm. or surrounding areas like boone and Mm -hmm. and bigger cities like Asheville. Yeah, I got you. Um, you know, I know I'd heard, and you know, I'm sure we'll get into this with Noah as well. But you know, I'd heard Noah talk about, um, you know, domestic violence against men. Right. Um, that's something you don't hear talked about a lot. You know, that was always the battered women's shelter. Right. When I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, can you speak to? I mean, obviously not specifics, of course, but can you speak to how prevalent something like? Would I be surprised? How many men come through there? I don't think so. Really? In the six, five, six years that I've been there, I've Mm. only seen two. Okay. Mm. But that is something that we are working on because it's Mm -hmm. a very big taboo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is. And I don't understand why. Many men don't want to say that they've been battered. Right. And the majority of the time, another thing that is, I wouldn't say misunderstood, but sometimes... People think, oh, domestic violence, it's physical. They don't remember that it's also mental. Mm. And there's a lot of mental abuse that comes along with Mm -hmm. the physical abuse. And sometimes the mental abuse is so much harder to help mend (laughs) than the physical abuse. Yeah. 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 I mean, someone that's been gaslit for years and years and years. I mean, it's almost akin to uh, deprogramming somebody who's been in a cult. Yes. Mm-hmm. God, so true. That's I, you know, it's you know, I've unfortunately I've been around situations where I've known you know friends of mine that I know the situation's not good, mm-hmm. and it's so hard to convince people to seek help. And it's, you know, and there's all those reasons. I mean, the the whole thing with the animals, I mean, I I honestly have seen that. Well, I don't want to, I've heard people say that before. Well, I don't want to leave because I'll have to leave all my animals. Yeah. God, man. It's like things like that. I guess the, there's the minutia behind all of it is something that we don't really consider a lot of the time. Yeah. Most definitely. Wow. That's super interesting. I'd never considered people not leaving because they didn't want to leave their pets, but I could totally see that. I mean, obviously, you know, your children uh, and in your pets and children can be used as a way to manipulate you into doing things. That's, that's crazy. 
that's crazy to think about but yeah i see it yeah and it's heartbreaking when you're having a conversation with someone who's been through mental abuse with domestic violence and all that and all that and they ask you for permission mm. to do stuff within the shelter wow. and we're like you are free to do you know we, we obviously have rules sure but you know you're your own person and this is that is our goal is to remind them that they're independent mm. and that they can make their own choices mm, sure and that they're strong and you know kind of give that confidence back that's been stripped mm. away after so many years and when the unfortunately when you get to talk to this victim you start to see how far that cycle went yeah you know it started with mom or dad and mom or dad had an abusive parent and Mm -hmm. it's it's sad it's very sad and it's heartbreaking because you want so so bad to just you you can totally do it and you can mm-hmm. see it that they don't believe it and it's right. like you said it's like decoding them from from being in the yeah. cult and a lot of things that a lot uh, one of the things that people also don't understand is when they go back mm. it takes up to seven times before it's really really like this is the final time this is this is for real. <laughs> wow. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that on average? Seven it is. Times? It is. Wow. It is. And it's because like anyone. Yeah. Like anyone, we're afraid of the unknown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what I know. I know if I yeah. say this, this is how I will mm-hmm. keep myself from being safe. Mm-hmm. I have a roof over my head. I have food on the table. My kids are warm. And now I'm in this different setting. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never had a job. I don't know how to see for myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to retreat back to where I know what I need to say and how I need to act to ensure that my pet or my child are okay. Because I'm not sure if I can do it on my own. Gosh. So it's an empowerment thing. Most definitely. You have to convince them that they can do it. Most definitely. So um, once somebody makes that decision, um, I'm done. I'm out. Where do you guys, because obviously they can't stay in the shelter forever. What is the process on which you transfer them out of the shelter into something new? I'm sure you have partners in the community that you work with for that kind of thing, right? Right. Yes. So our, our shelter program, we are a 72 hour emergency shelter. Mm -hmm. Um, So we assess the situation. Of course, sometimes it's graver than others. Sometimes the police is involved and they bring them. Or, you know, they're like, I need help. I need to come so that, you know, it all it's a case by case. Mm -hmm. But our program is we do an intake. We figure out what your goals are. Mm -hmm. We kind of assess what your mental state is. We give you some time to figure out, Okay, you need to relax, kind Mm -hmm. of let that shock settle in of what just happened. Let them freak out, you know, for Mm -hmm. the lack of a better word. And then we're like, now it's showtime. You are powerful. You can do this. Mm -hmm. And we help find a job. We help with housing. And we help with furnishing through our thrift store. Wow. So the goal is to get them out of there 
independently. Yeah. Yep. I wonder, do you have any insight as to whether that was kind of the genesis of the whole thrift store thing to begin with? Yes. Is that, that mm-hmm. the reason? Yes. Well, that okay. makes total sense. Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I've always wondered that too. Like, what was the uh, the transition like um, from the shelter into their own um, own housing situation? Yeah, own housing yeah. situation. That's it's really interesting. I, that's something I had no idea how that worked. Man, I'm sure you got to have some partners in the community that help with stuff like that, though, right? Like, yes, yeah. we have Jackie Carpenter in the Hood uh, or yeah, Northwestern. Yes, shout out yeah. to Jackie. Jack. Jackie's awesome. Yeah, and then uh, Fairground Apartments, and uh, I believe we also work with uh, obviously DSS, mm-hmm. all you know, all the other yep. great stuff in Pisgah Legal. Mm. Uh, when kids are involved, them. yeah. And yeah, that's such an important thing. I, w- I was really happy when I, I saw that they had an office. That, did they have an office here? In I town? believe they in Burnsville. To Burnsville. That's what I yes. thought. Yeah, I was familiar with Pisgah Legal in Asheville um, as a nonprofit that kind of helps um, people with legal situations. But I think that's really important to have something like that here. Um, one other thing I was curious about, you know, you obviously bilingual. Um, we have a huge Hispanic community here we do a thriving hispanic community (laughs) um i'm fortunate enough to to know a lot of people in that community um i work in the construction industry i'm a general contractor so as you can imagine that's i made a lot of hispanic people and stuff like that love love the hispanic community and that that's one thing i I think we ought to explore as well oh sure we just come up with all kinds of stuff (laughs) we do we do every time we have one of these it's like five more topics come out and we're like oh man let's get it i'll I'll just get jose my neighbors to come on the show yeah there you go (laughs) hello jose Uh, uh domestic violence within the hispanic community it's tough it's very tough and that is that is how I started there yeah, because I was to be the bilingual advocate and I still am whenever Mm -hmm. we have cases, but there's something about the Hispanic culture, which actually I've come to learn that this might have to, I don't know how to word this, but, um, one thing I learned is that the 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 anglo-saxon community Mm -hmm. that i was used to in california is absolutely nothing compared to the anglo-saxons here Mm -hmm. okay we have so much in common culturally so much in common hispanic and whites here have a lot in common culturally yes that they don't in california yes gotcha yes with the people that i you know hung out with and Mm -hmm you know all that great stuff great people mm-hmm. but there is just so much more connection between your families there's so much more roots there's more mm-hmm. culture within your within you guys that mm-hmm. that we love as well mm-hmm. that's the whole soul of my hispanic culture is mm-hmm. family food <laughs> yeah all that great i hear stuff. that yeah. yeah that's me there's a lot of common <laughs> kind of themes that are woven yeah, in through those tales i, I can i can know? see yeah i can absolutely see where you're i don't know if that's about. i've noticed the same thing here in yeah. the appalachians mm-hmm. <laughs> i think it is I, I really think appalachian yeah. culture uh 
sort of speaks to a lot of that that's very you know the cultural norms and stuff that are that it run through a lot of hispanic you know communities and i think I, i've noticed that very much myself just from talking to my guys about their family and where they came from mm-hmm. and it you know they it's always a you know a very interesting thing to Most see the definitely. comparisons you know i definitely get that well and going back to what you were saying earlier about the challenges of dealing with a um a domestic violence case with a Hispanic family. Is it, is there more of like a uh, patriarchal family structure there where the males more dominant and that, is that one of the challenges or what, what are the challenges? That's definitely one of the challenges. Yeah. Unfortunately, as women were molded to serve. Gotcha. And, um, I remember my grandmother told me once she was really upset because I told her that I wouldn't get married first that I would live with my partner and then mm-hmm. decide if I wanted to get married. And of course that didn't go well. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. and that doesn't go well here. Exactly. Either. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Y'all understand, yeah. you know? So <clears throat> we were having this conversation with my grandmother and she said, and, and she said, well, why? And I told her, well, because what if he beats me? I'm not going to stay there. Sure. And she said, well, honey, you just go outside, you let it dry up and then you make them dinner. <laughs> Oh, wow. Mm. Wow. That's. And that came from my grandmother. Right. So we are, we're molded to serve. Mm-hmm. And what happens behind closed doors stays behind closed doors. Right. Mm. What happens within the family stays in the family. You don't go to an outside source to ask for help. Yeah. Gotcha. You have the help that you need within your family. Mm. And it's almost kind of like a betrayal. Gotcha. Mm. That's, search, that's really interesting. God, and that's, for, uh, how many times have you heard that? Yeah, and not in white people around here. <laughs> um, honest, well, I have. I have. My grandmother really. is the exact. My, my, my now, I, I, exact I wonder if it's way. a. Uh, that's really interesting. That's it, you. You've blown my mind. You've blown my mind. How how similar the cultures are it's very conservative um hmm. you guys have morals yeah Mm. you have morals that we share that i didn't see out in california Mm -hmm. and it could just be because it's california and it's free (laughs) right yeah california California, it's his own beast but you know it's just that was one of the things that attracted me the most about out here actually as well when you guys were asking me about moving out here it was just Mm. that warm feeling of i didn't feel like an outsider because i was hispanic right because you would understand that why I was doing the things mm-hmm. that I did, why I put my family before mm-hmm. anyone else. Oh, absolutely. Well, I you think know? it's a very interesting, um, you know, situation that that is going on here with the Hispanic community. You know, the roots uh, of a lot of these families, again, we, you know, talk about the, the family comes right along. And, and a lot of these, you know, I know with a lot of the, the gentlemen that I work with, um, the whole family's already here. They've been here. There's their kids, kids, or a lot of them are grandfathers. They have grandbabies. They put down roots here. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
that that's not something that you found a lot back in the day. You know how you had a lot of migrant workers that came here because of Christmas trees for the most part, I think, uh, from what I've gathered talking to these guys. Uh, and for a while there, you know, they would go back to Mexico. Right. Um, but, you know, I think it's been within my lifetime and, in fact, probably within my adult lifetime that I've seen that completely change. Yeah, I would agree with uh, that. Just working in the construction industry, I know that, obviously. Right, you know, yeah. And they're no longer going back. They're here to mm -hmm. stay. And I think that's a very interesting transition that these people are becoming parts and pillars of our community. Mm -hmm. They are. You know? They are. And, and it's not, you know, and, and you know, you know, to be a hundred percent honest, you know, back in the day, a lot of that, a lot of the Hispanic people, you know, amongst people that I, you know, again, it's the construction industry. They were not spoken highly of, or it was something that you would hear the derogatory comments. You right. Hear the, you know, there was a you lot. You don't of, hardly hear that much. There anymore. was a lot of overt racism. You know? that yeah, there was a lot yeah. of overt racism, yeah. but you don't hardly see any of that anymore. Yeah, man. Uh, dude, these are our friends and family now uh, on this podcast yeah. man just say it who cares yeah. just say oh so it. it's okay just to it. just kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only reason i say is because i didn't really know i didn't yeah. want to be like oh whites and mexicans no, no, no. Yeah. you know no, but no uh, you're absolutely right when it comes to that i think it's because something that i've learned living out there living out here and just exploring the world in general mm. is a lot of the people who dislike or hate a certain race or a certain meal or certain food, whatever it is, mm -hmm. is because they've never taken the time to learn or, uh, you know, just... They don't understand it. Have a conversation like we are right now. Yep. You know, it's, it's something mm -hmm. that they don't understand, so they immediately hate it mm -hmm. without even knowing it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something, like I was telling you earlier, um, I like to learn. Mm -hmm. I like to know. Um, yeah. for example, I was born and raised Catholic, mm -hmm. but I like to learn about Baptist. I like to learn about Pentecostal. Mm -hmm. I want to know why you are the way that you are. Sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It was really bad mic crackle. It was really random. It startled me. Really? I don't know what that was from. I don't know. It's, did, an, it's an EMP attack. Did it sound like a Wi-Fi thing like it was before, or was it just like... Maybe because I'm using my hands. Shit. Crackle and then it was kicking and then it stopped. I don't know what that was. Huh. I don't know. Is it gone now? Yeah. Okay. We're good. Okay. Yeah. No. No. I'm. I'm a free speech absolutist. So I mean, and I'm. You know, you were talking about being a person that likes to learn. Uh, I think that's the whole reason I'm interested in this, doing this right here. I'm, I'm a curious person. I think that if we all took the time to learn something new, the world would be a different place. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just it from the, the first two episodes that we've done, I've learned. I've learned a lot. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. It's crazy. And going back to, you know, talking about you learning about the different denominations in, within Christianity, I get accused of being Pentecostal all the time because I have snakes. <laughs> People really? ask me all the time. I know a no lot of joke. it is, yeah, a lot of it's in jest, you know, it's just joking. You but yeah, they're like, oh, are you Pentecostal? <laughs> like, no. Yeah, I got my strict nine up here. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's funny. Wow. People don't, I don't know if they fear what they don't understand or they hate what they don't understand. 
But hate is something that has to be learned. Most definitely. It has to be learned. I, I have a one-year-old daughter. She's a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And it is the scariest thing that I have ever done in my entire life. Sure. Because I think that children at a certain point do become their own person, obviously. And, mm-hmm. you know, they you can only you can only do so much sure. after a certain age. Yeah. Um, but right now, she is the absolute reflection of whatever it is that me and my husband are. Mm-hmm. The absolute That's reflection. So true. Yeah. Yeah. And the bad parts always come out at the worst times. <laughs> oh yeah. Been there, done that. Yep. I had hurt my knee. I dropped a walk on my knee one day, mm-hmm. and I was hurting. And I, I later found out I my knee kind of slipped, and I just had to go back and get it popped back mm-hmm. in. But I had been. I had been grumpy about it all day, mm-hmm. and I kept saying man and just mm-hmm. every time i tried to do something it was just like fuck, mm-hmm. fuck. and then i got home we were cooking dinner and my daughter dropped something and she said fuck. <laughs> my husband turned and looked at me and he's like well i guess you've complained enough today haven't you <laughs> and it, it was the fact that she knew how to use it in context that scared me yeah. i was like you are one and a half years old mm-hmm. you don't know how to wipe your butt but you know how to use the word Mm-hmm. How is that? Oh man, it mm-hmm. happens like that with all of them. You it's know? crazy. Yep. And I yep. watch her. I, I watch. You know, I, I enjoy watching her. I, I love. I've always been a people watcher, yep. and watching her has been, is the best thing. But it's also the scariest thing because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, she throws the trash away on her own. She washes her hands. All all that stuff because she sees us doing it. So mm-hmm. it's not something out of the normal for her, mm-hmm. you know, routine or whatever. But then it's. It, it when i do something wrong mm. she's watching too mm-hmm. and yeah it, sure. it's it's the scariest thing mm-hmm. it's the scariest thing well you're exactly right and you know you think about you know just about the domestic back to the domestic violence thing you are raised in a household where you see that all mm-hmm. the time it's normalized basis you think that's the way life is it's normalized and boy how hard is that to deprogram even if you don't think that that's just the way life is but you it's been normalized to a point where it's in the acceptable realm of reality for you mm-hmm. right and that in itself i think there's a lot of generational things like substance abuse um, alcoholism domestic violence a lot of those generational challenges um are are very much for the same reasons i completely agree i completely agree i think you're you're more of a product of your environment than you would ever want to admit well i mean what was there was a tv commercial not long ago about how we turn into our parents oh Oh, i've seen it i think it's like an insurance yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's progressive. Yeah, <laughs> and we do. We we do turn into our. Parents. Oh yeah, yeah, the progressive guy. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty, pretty good ad ad. Uh, pretty accurate. That they've got going on it's there. Pretty yeah. accurate. <laughs> I'm. It shocks me all the time. I'll do things that my dad does, and I'm like, oh man. Dude. I've worked so hard not to be this. <laughs> I know, right? I see it in my siblings too. I've got um, two brothers and a sister. And like they'll make a face or they'll say something. I'm like, God, that's mom or oh, that's dad. Holy cow! And I'm sure I do the same thing. It's yeah, we become our parents, man. We absolutely do. Mm-hmm. Thank God, mine are good. Yep. 
<laughs> mine too. We just, we're, we're our parents, but a little bit different. That's right. That's right. Not that I wouldn't want to be my dad. Right. Because my dad is an awesome person. But, um, so the Hispanic community, do you, um, I don't know how to word this question necessarily. Um, what do you think? I mean, obviously, you know, the Hispanic community is already, you know, an integral part of what we're doing here, but what, um, what would, what would, what do you think? Cause obviously I, I think there's still, it's, it's like, it's two separate things almost, you know, right. the, it seems to me that the Hispanic community, you know, I think because it, it, it's the nature of, of that culture as well is to stick together, to party together, to get, I love it. I wish I could do it all the time. <laughs> I love that type of stuff. What, what do you think, uh, what do you think it's going to take for that? Do you think that transition to where they're complete to where that community integrates into our community? Do you think that's just an organic thing that happens or do you think there are things that need to, to progress and need to change in order to make that, make that i guess what i'm kind of thinking of is when do we have our first hispanic county commissioner when do we have our first hispanic mayor right i think that is going to depend on our children mm. mm-hmm. i think you're right i do because the more involved the parents get with their kids the more they also understand that the the white people aren't trying they're not out to get them right and when we went back to you know in yep. the domestic shelter in the domestic violence world mm-hmm. um they think that we're a part of the government yeah and it's so gotcha. hard it's so hard to make them understand that we're not well and i've seen that that situation and even you know with you know, with some of my guys and, and their families is that, you know, they will have something go on, something that's happening to them, something bad that's happening to them. And there's a hesitancy to reach out to the police or to reach out. And I'm sure that's part of what you deal with at the, yes. at aside, the shelter as well. Aside right? from keeping it within the family and trying to, f- right. you know, work on it on yourself with yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, the hesitancy to, well, what if, they call someone mm-hmm. you know and and that was one of my biggest i mean i'm with them there i don't trust the government either so <laughs> well i, I mean, get it i get it i get that but obviously you know you want people to reach out for help when help's needed exactly yeah exactly and that was one of the hardest hurdles and it's con- it's continuous mm-hmm. to to put the word out there that we're not government funded we are a nonprofit. We are funded by grants, by mm-hmm. private foundations. There is some federal money, but it has absolutely nothing to do, do with, with the, the status of, you Your know, immigration our, status. Exactly. Or We're like here that. to help no matter mm-hmm. where it is that you come from. Do you think a lot of the fear comes from just fear of deportation? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And Seriously, call if you are in a situation. No matter mm-hmm. if you're Hispanic or what or whatever, go to them. They're not the government at no. all. No affiliation with the government. Um, and I'm glad. So, do, do you still have family? And do you have family in Mexico? 
I do. My mm-hmm. mom, all of my mom's brothers, mm-hmm. except for the two that are here, mm-hmm. um, brothers and sisters live out there. So she's got six brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's always a lot of us. Right, right. <laughs> and then my dad has uh, three brothers and sisters that live out in Mexico, and he still has a brother that lives in gotcha. California as well. Mm-hmm. So do you have any... Um do you have any intuition of what Mexico's like now and why people are not, why there's not that back and forth anymore like there used to be? You know, I'd mentioned that most of you know, I, I don't find people going back and forth hardly at all anymore. Well, I was actually going to touch on that when you said they don't go back, they bring them here. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's because it, it truly is unsafe. Mm-hmm. And, um, It's unsafe. I had someone ask me once, well, why don't they move to a different city if where they live is unsafe? And it's just because the whole state, the mm-hmm. whole, all of all of the nation mm-hmm. it, in a whole is. And it's largely cartel violence and right. drug. And government. Yeah. It's yeah. the government yeah. as well, for example. It's like an unholy alliance between the two of them almost, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. You, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Mm-hmm. I'll look this way you look that way kind of thing and mm-hmm. and uh just the blatant corruption yeah. i mean it, there's corruption everywhere sure but right. you know it's it's just it seems particularly in rife in mexico exactly yeah. and for example one of my best friends uh she was here illegally and went back when we were she didn't get to finish high school mm-hmm. gotcha. and so we recently connected um a couple months ago and i've been talking with her and another one of our but we were you know our little group of girls mm-hmm. and she was saying how i don't remember exactly how the conversation went but my other friend that also lives here in the united states told her no you got to look out for your kids you got to save up you know kind of giving her this power speech and my friend told her, yeah, but you have to remember this is Mexico. She said, I am mm. in a very good position. I work for the school. She's an English teacher mm-hmm. at a university, mm. but she hasn't been paid for a year. Wow. Because they retain the funds. Holy cow. <laughs> so it's so, even in the universities. It's yep. in the educational system. It's a part of everything. It's wow. Yeah. I heard the other day that avocados are a cartel. They've made, the cartel has basically taken over the avocado trade. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's wild. I, I heard something about that, too, actually, now that you mention it. Well, Jennifer, what do you yeah. do to fix that? I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, asking it, you for all it, the answers. No, I'm, I know. I just want to know if you have. You when know? it's that deep. Yeah. How do you fix how, where do you Where do you turn where do you to? Start? Yeah. And this is why you hear about towns you know rebelling and Mm -hmm. you you know a lot of it is like in like anywhere it's Mm -hmm. misinformation yeah my parents come and go perfectly fine for the last six years Mm -hmm. right when they were now that they're here they go more they go for Mm -hmm. a longer period of time Mm -hmm. they have had the opportunity to build a home Mm -hmm. and they've become more hispanic now Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they keep going back you know they're living out there now Mm -hmm. for four or five months whatever it is that they're out there and my mom comes back and she's like i just i don't understand it she says i don't understand where where it all went wrong (laughs) and at what point yeah 
she said one of their dollars is 18 of ours or the other way around Vice versa. Yeah, yeah yeah gotcha you know one mm. of our dollars is 18 of theirs and it's she says that the she said when i when i look at how much i spend on food here and how much i spend on food out there it's the exact same thing mm. she was uh wow. she would like uh kind of you know hoard a couple things to take over there and then she mm -hmm. would kind of compare this is how much it cost out here and you know and she, she said it's the same thing she said it's the exact same thing except the wages are horrible and mm. the government keeps your money when they feel wow. like wow so that's incredible <sighs> i could i wow i have to wonder how much of that is you know i know a lot of the cartel stuff is obviously caught up in drugs and all that it almost seems like to me that just by virtue of drugs being illegal in America, that that fuels a lot of that. Well, it created the market in which they operate. Yeah. And they just absolutely, there's such a, you know, there's such a demand for that stuff in the States that they do whatever they can to get those drugs over here, get them sold. And right. it's almost like we're the opioid. Well, the, the drug crisis in America is fueling the degradation of our neighboring country mexico yeah yeah well it's it's wild it's one of the one of the many facets of it I, I see too with mexico being right now they're dealing with i mean decades of corruption coming to a head mm -hmm. and then you throw the cartels in there with that i mean it's it's a literally a powder keg yeah. and and the cartels it's it's not it's well, it's wealth and power. That's what they're after. The drug is the drugs are just the means to get means there. Means to get there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the cartels are not about drugs. The cartels would be doing whatever the cartels do to get that money and power. Yeah. It, if it wasn't drugs, it would it'd be, be something, something else. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of it is human trafficking, which is I want to segue into um into that next because I have some questions there. I don't know how prevalent how much y'all deal with anybody that's been trafficked or whatever but there's um they they see a gap in the market they see a market and they exploit it um and that that's what they do so have y'all ever encountered anybody who had been trafficked or anything like that i don't know how prevalent that is here it's not as big we've had uh, a few cases here and there um but usually the the government is involved and so sure. they take over sure gotcha we're just used as a stop kind of gotcha. <clears throat> mm -hmm. okay because it's just so much bigger than us what well, kind of right. surprises me that there's even one or two cases even in a, in a small community like this you think yeah. you would see that that's just crazy to think about Gosh. it is it is it is really wild to think that there would there's the possibility of there being traffic victims here, mm. human trafficking victims here. But there are. There, there, I mean, statistically, there has to be, mm -hmm. but there are. Well, and I don't know, you know, I can't speak to the validity of this, or but I've heard it enough times to know that I think it's something that gets talked about in this community. Is there's a uh, So I've been told there's a cartel presence here. Yeah, there is. There is. And that's wild to think about, you know? It those is. Those things have even made it here. Well, they've made it a lot of places. Um, 
it's it's really interesting how these organizations work and how many um how many markets and areas they've permeated it's unbelievable i can't imagine that that you know how do you untangle how do you if if the cartel stuff is in spruce pond north carolina mm-hmm. can you imagine the network that you're gonna have to yeah untangle untangle the, the best to way to do unravel that, all that the best way to do it's that wild. is to take away their their market take yeah. away their market share and decriminalize every drug known to man i mean that's probably not the good a good answer but that would that would render the cartels powerless from then on if if they had no black market yeah. well you know and then you throw in with mexico you know um you know i've been listening to several ec- economists say that mexico is the next manufacturing hub for the world you know a lot of i know a lot of semiconductor you know we talked with alex about some of this but i know a lot of semiconductor plants are are moving from china because of the this um you know the the whole market you know unavailability and things like that there's a push to bring all those things home or at least back into north america and I mean, you already think of how many how many furniture plants have moved to Mexico, how many car plants have moved to Mexico. Uh, they're talking. I heard that supposedly Tesla's opening up another gigafactory in Mexico. Yeah, I heard that. And too. so, like, Mexico's getting ready to undergo this giant manufacturing boom, and rightfully so, because I've heard quite a few economists say that honestly the junk that we get from china is just that it's junk Mm -hmm. they're not particularly good at manufacturing they're good at manufacturing at scale Mm -hmm. so in in quantity but it's not particularly quality items whereas the things that come out the same comparable things that come out of places that of mexico are a lot higher quality and of course the labor is cheaper you know than the states just like it is in china Right. And so it's. I think this is going to be a very interesting next decade, especially for what we see. I think there's going to be a, a manufacturing and industrial changeover to where Mexico is going to become a major player in that entire economic so. system. I hope so. But what I'm worried about, and you know, maybe you can shed some light on this. What if if the cartels are in power, then they're just going to take that over too. Because they're they're so deeply embedded in the government, but it's and it's not just the cartels. I mean, it's drug organizations all over the country. What's your general impression of the politics and stuff that go on in this community? I'm sure you hear about it being a part of Safe Place and stuff. I do. Um, just the politics and the and the back and forth and stuff that goes on here. And I'm sure coming from California, that's starkly different here as well. I, it is because everyone agrees in California. Right. Um, it's just everyone's kind of molded to we're free and we like to be free and we're going to do whatever it is to stay free. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think it's it's interesting to see how involved everyone is mm-hmm. in politics mm. here um i i had never in california it was more 
this is what's happening cool you know we're mm-hmm. gonna go on with our days yeah and here it's the um the sheriff you're voting for a sheriff you're mm-hmm. the town meetings and everything that goes yeah. on i've never been part of a community where everyone is so heavily involved yeah in what's going on mm-hmm. yeah i think some of that's just banned that that it's a small community and right. you know and you find out or whatever but you know you know i often wonder too like yeah i wonder in california you know you hear all these awful things it's like oh gavin newsom's run the state into the ground mm-hmm. or whatever and it's like nobody it's like oh yeah and it's I, I i've always chalked it up to like okay well i guess if i lived in california the, the weather's beautiful there's a beautiful beach i mean what the why the hell would you be concerned about what your local politics or what your if, state politics if you were on? a business owner you would yes definitely for if sure you're a business owner you would um yeah I, I see exactly what you're saying though i think we're all just kind of going with the flow out there yeah and more people should be concerned mm-hmm. with what's going on sure. around them within the schools. Oh, absolutely. You know, for me, more than anything, I think what? that education. I know what happened? My mic started working. Really? Yeah, my mic started working. It was right next to the computer. I think that's what was going on. Okay. Oh. Good deal. Anyway, schools yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Education for me is, you know, that's what I believe in. Yeah. Whenever anyone asks me about politics and all that, I think we should all be educated before we say anything. God, that's so true. Well, yes and no. Yes and no. Because conversations are messy. And, they are. And, and they be, are very messy. And, and I'm being educated just talking to you. Um, so I, I, w- I would push back a little bit. Maybe... I, I don't think you necessarily need to be educated to form an opinion on something, but you need to be open-minded enough to accept that maybe your opinion isn't correct and you need to change your opi- opinion based on facts that are pre- presented to you. Um, so I agree with, I agree with what you're saying, but I, I I think, um, you know, I have, I've had the great, the a pleasure. Oh my God. Really? Huh. You think that's being picked up in the stream? I'm sure I, don't, it is. I don't know. Keeps coming back though. Huh. Something's awry. I don't know what it is. Let me listen. Let me see what you think it's my buttons? It may be. It may be your buttons. <laughs> Can you turn the buttons off? One eternity later. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hawking. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just start all over. Start all over. All right. Mulligans. No. Um, no, we'll wrap up here in a minute. Jennifer, what do you like to do with your free time? And why guitar lessons? <laughs> guitar lessons because i've always wanted to learn how to play the electric guitar and now i have adult money (laughs) Mm. because our guitar teacher is awesome yeah you're pretty awesome josh (laughs) be honest with you (laughs) (laughs) are you teaching her like 
she, she gonna be like shred metal you're training her to oh, like yeah. play in your palm metal. yeah today today we uh we went over power chords and palm muting nice so, yeah, yeah, nice we're, very we're going cool. straight very for cool. the metal yeah. <laughs> josh is a given man you can't beat that straight for metal what else do you like to do um i like the outdoors i like to hang out is that a big draw for you here yes yeah. it is um i california everything's dry mm -hmm. the best thing is the ocean traded mountains for ocean or ocean for mountains gotcha and uh it's been it's been nice we i go hiking my husband and i go fishing um, nice just love the mountain outdoor vibe i do i go That's up cool. to wiseman's view my husband gave me a telescope for christmas nice. so i go nice. and i do that i'm a big uh astronomy yeah yeah nerd. that's awesome so, <laughs> that's really cool i like that i was really into the whole uh brown mountain light yes i was gonna ask so yeah. i hope you guys do do something like yeah. that yeah yeah we need we're to definitely gonna do that i'm all on board for that have you ever seen them yes yeah yes i did get to see them i actually saw them from a different i guess there's like two different mm -hmm. spots mm -hmm. i didn't see them from like the popular one mm -hmm. i went up there and i didn't see anything but i saw them from the other one I'm very bad with directions, so I wouldn't even be able to tell you. I've never <laughs> seen them, unfortunately. I've went a million times, and I've never seen them. Man, I've got somewhere, and I've got to find this. I'm back in my Google Photos somewhere, I've got an absolutely incredible video that I took one night with the kids. It was just me and the kids up there, uh, and they were... It was the best I'd ever seen them. My mom and dad started taking us there when we, uh, me and my friends were there when we were young. We went there for my birthday almost every, my birthday's in that's August, cool. so that's a really good time to see them. And they, they say like early fall right. kind of yeah. heading into that, you know, type is really good. So we would always go up there and, uh, man, it's really weird stuff when you see them really it's I've, so weird yes mm -hmm. i've seen them a couple times when they weren't quite as pronounced but that time with the kids it blew me away in fact my my middle boy uh declan he was like all right i think i'm ready to go i'm ready to go i'm like what DJ? <laughs> freaked him out a little he bit was like, yeah i, I don't mean, like yeah, it it freaked that. him out it was that it was that crazy it was it freaked him out yeah and it is very weird when you see them they're mm -hmm. really active and they look like they're dancing all over the top of the mountain it's crazy it's wild. my family always makes fun of me because well the cousins that are jealous that weren't there is what it is mm, gotcha <laughs> um, it was a Thanksgiving night, and we had all gone out. My it was my parents, my brother, and three of my cousins and I. Mm -hmm. We were we had just come back from. I'm pretty sure it was mass. I wanted. We had all mm -hmm. gone out to mm -hmm. do something together for Thanksgiving, and we came back, and we were all unloading from my mom's van. And mm -hmm. my cousin points, and she goes, "What is that?" And it was by the garbage, and I was like, oh, it's probably a possum, mm -hmm. you know? It's the garbage. <laughs> right. Just like, no, not that. That. And she pointed up, and I swear to you, it was this weird thing that was moving in a diagonal, and then it flipped on its side. It, like, the light started spinning really fast, and it just disappeared. And that's here. That was in California. That was in California. Right. They all started running after it. I was in the back trying not to puke and figuring out where I was going to hide <laughs> because I was right. not going to get abducted. <laughs> That's wow. crazy. That's crazy. I've never know. seen anything crazy like that. I, but probably because I never leave my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that will help, Josh. 
We're gonna we're gonna help you with that. Come on up, here, buddy. Start looking out the window. Right. <laughs> I have all these great curtains, though. <laughs> I've uh, the, the only time I saw something uh, that I can remember, I, I was at the beach, um, and there were some there were some lights over the water out there when we were sitting there looking at it. It was at night, late at night. We were mm-hmm. drinking, of course. <laughs> Probably. That's that's always Probably. the problem. <laughs> when it's late at night and you're doing something cool and then you see something and you were drinking, everybody's like, okay. Wow, I'm sure oh. saw it. No. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, there were, there were things that were moving in, in weird wow. patterns. And now apparently we're not crazy because this is like common knowledge. The Pentagon has acknowledged mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're like, yeah, UFOs are kind of yeah, a thing. Might be. Yeah. Kind of sort of. They're out there. But I'm interested <laughs> in exploring that kind of stuff. You know, uh, Jimmy was, you know, uh, he did the space festival, the first time alien. And he was saying that, and we still got to, we're going to fact check Jimmy on this, but I, I tend to believe Jimmy. He says that Mitchell County has the more reported UFO sightings than any county in North Carolina combined. Yeah, I saw that he said that. Yeah. I was like, huh, interesting. Gonna, I can yeah, go hang out at a lookout right a little now. bit exactly. longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I know when you, know, you mentioned kind of being an astronomy nerd or whatever, uh, I'm also, uh, I'm in particular, like space travel and stuff like that really interests me. Um, so you were born in Southern California. Yes. Raised in Southern born California. Raised, yeah. Yes. Um, when was the first time? Was it here? Was that was that the first time you ever got to see the, like the Milky Way in the yes. background? Yeah. It, it it was amazing. The first thing I did was I saw how dark it was outside. Yeah. Panicked and then realized, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Got into the car, drove to the parkway, and just stood out there for hours. It's unbelievable, it's, isn't it? the most amazing thing i mean it i still do it now i try to Mm -hmm. get on the parkway as often as i can at night and just sit there yeah it's the best it really is the best and i'm like i said adult money is the best money (laughs) so now i have a telescope have you been up to the planetarium and i have not i actually i was listening to to the podcast and i was like i really this is like the seventh time i hear this i really need to go yeah you do need to go it's it's pretty incredible yeah i need to go too i'm signing thing um, no, I found some numbers from 2015, yeah. and Mitchell County had more. I think there was 45 UFO sightings reported, and we had more than anybody else in the state. But that's the only thing I could find. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Um, but it wasn't by by a lot. I think the next county down just had 43. Okay. So I don't know. I'm gonna look more into that. I'm gonna look more into it. Yeah. Um. No, I remember um, going back to the the whole seeing the Milky Way and all that stuff. Our, my girlfriend and I were in. Uh, in hot springs mm. um she had this little bed and breakfast that she loves out there unfortunately it's been sold and it's now a private residence now but she loved that place and one of the coolest she she told me she's like you gotta see the nice guy from here because you know hot springs is small it's way smaller than even baker's mm-hmm. or spruce pine or anything it is and uh <clears throat> man if you've never taking the time to see like the background clutter of our universe it's wild man it is wild Mm -hmm. wild when you go out there and you can see and you don't realize how much light pollution plays into that 
type of stuff. Even in Spurgeon, like I live in town. Mm-hmm. I can't say jack shit from my house, yeah. you know, but man, it's not far. You don't have to travel far. My, no. You go down to my grandma's house in Lily Branch. You can see pretty yeah, much everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, even up here, I mean, you can see pretty much yeah. pretty well everything. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. It makes you feel about that big. And what I, I've never, I, you know, I, I, at the planetarium, uh, I've been there to the planetarium several times and I worked on the actual, uh, the telescope uh, that's up there, not on the telescope itself, but did like the, they did a bunch of landscape and a handicap ramp and all that. Um, I've never gotten to look through the telescope though. That would be super cool. And I know you can book though. That's available to us right now, yeah. which is crazy. And I yeah. don't know why I've never done it. You know, I, I, idea. Yeah. I mean, I've got plenty of mobile stuff. We need to just go out there. We need to book it. We need to document the whole thing and do a show just where we go look through the telescope. You can come. Yeah. That'd be fun. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Maybe we'll see a UFO or something. Maybe. Maybe That'd it'll be cool. just whiz by. <laughs> yes. I've heard people say that if you direct your atten- like your intentions towards these things, you'll see them. That's like the whole thing now, like a metaphysical like aspect of the whole mm. UFO phenomenon. <laughs> Mm. You manifest it. Manifest it. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what. No, I'm. I'm skeptical. You never. Of course you are. (laughs) No, I've heard such things, and I'm like, okay, play with your rocks and crystals. Right, right, right. (laughs) But I mean, you know, it does. It does. I do wonder. um, I do wonder what kind of uh, what kind of metaphysical things we don't know. You know. It, going back to the, the courts and all the mm-hmm. stuff and the ground and all that you know that's has to and that's part of I've heard old wives tales and stuff about that Like I have too and I mean I don't know that I would chalk it up to metaph- metaphysical stuff I would just say that there's probably phenomenon that we experience that we don't have an explanation Josh, stop for. bursting my bubble <laughs> dude it's the courts it's <laughs> definitely the yeah, courts, the courts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm so weird. I'm around it all the time. Yeah, you are. Yeah. To you, it's kind of like... I mean, it's sand to me. This rock. <laughs> yeah, it's sand. I come home covered in it every day. Like, my washer's full of it. Right. <laughs> mica and everything else. <laughs> yeah. I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. Remember when you used to get in a creek? You can't get the mica off your shoes after that. Oh, I know. I don't care how much you I dry know. them. Yep. Okay, how much you do it. They're, that mica that is mica's forever in inside of yep. your shoes. It is. It's crazy. Oh, I know. It's the river's glitter. It That's is. True. That's true. It's absolutely true. Where do you guys like to go fishing at? Um, again, horrible with direction. Yeah. Linville. Yes. Yeah. Linville's got up, up the river. Great. Mm-hmm. Yes. Up the river. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got some great trout fishing up there. Mm-hmm. Friend of mine, Brandon, another guy we should have on here, Brandon Burleson. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely. a fly fishing guide, and he, well, he oh. has his own fly fishing guide service, whatever. Which I don't think he, I think he stays at the mine more, and he goes fly fishing now. But, yeah, um, he's taking some really famous people up to there. You know, it's like these these type of things. We have this stuff all around us, and mm-hmm. I wonder how many people really take advantage of what we have. I mean, we're sitting here, me and you are both, you know, into this stuff, and we've never been to look through the telescope. Right? Yeah, yeah it's crazy. That, me yeah. too. We got to do that. Yep. We have there to there are certain things that I my uncle would tell me I've never done that. And I'm like, You've been yeah. here for like forty seven years. What yeah. do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> You've never done it. <laughs> I know people that've lived in Asheville their whole life, never been to the Billmore house. Wow. That's crazy. 
You gotta go see that. Well, I wonder if I've yeah. not gone yet. Oh, you, the adult, you got adult money now, you Jennifer. Gotta go. You gotta go do that. Money. Actually, <laughs> go. I am supposed to be going in that's May, nice. but we'll see. That's awesome. May's a great time. That's the whole flower. Yeah, yep. the flower yeah, for thing. That. Oh, it's and they, I think they have a Renaissance. Yes, I believe they do. Going yeah. On they as do. Well. Mm-hmm. yeah, they do. My mom goes for the, uh, my mom's into those like period pieces like Downton Abbey or whatever. And they do the Downton Abbey where all the, everybody's dressed up. And the oh, yeah, yeah. The, like period, yep. you know, attire and all that mm-hmm. stuff, which is really cool. That's what the, the girls at work, they explained it to me that way. They're like, you remember Downton Abbey? And I'm like, yes, that's what it is. Yeah. Like, Sign me up. We're <laughs> <Yeah>. going. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah. there is, there's amazing, there's so much to do out here. Yeah. There's so there much is. to do and, and to take it I, I was going to ask you that earlier. As a Californian, do you get bored? No. 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 I, uh, no, I laugh because uh, I try to convince my brother to stay out here. I have, it's just me and my brother. He's eight years younger than I. Mm-hmm. Um, he turned 21. He's 21. Mm-hmm. Did not like it. Really? really? No. I could see that. I would imagine it's not for everybody. It's not. And when when I tell my friends that I have back home, you know, California, I don't even consider it home anymore. And mm-hmm. uh, I feel like I've become more of a Mitchell Countyan. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. As the years go by, I just I feel so protective of here. Mm-hmm. But when I tell them, they're like, oh, well, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I go here, I go there, I go fish. Mm. I had some goats at some point, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really dove into it. We, right. we had goats growing up, too. I'm and, familiar uh, with that. They, they just, it's funny that the version that they know and the version that I am now, it's just, it completely blows their mind. Yeah. And I tell them, you just... You don't know what you're missing out on. I mean, so you really bought in. Like, oh gosh, you, yeah. yeah, I I love it out here. That's and awesome. I try to make myself as involved as I can, mm-hmm. and and really do the whole farming and yeah, <laughs> all of it. Well, and you know, and and you know, we've said several times already, you're not the only one, and that's the reason why we wanted we wanted to visit this and kind of get that perspective because it seems like. When a person comes here and they fall in love with here and they put roots down here, it's like you're not a Californian anymore. No. You're a Western North Carolinian. You're Michoucanian. Yeah. It really is that way. It really is that way. I mean, there there are obviously lots of positives to California, but I just, I feel like there's so many more here now. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and I wonder, you know, I wonder how big of a a theme that is, you know, that runs through things because, you know, a lot of the the transplants and people that I know seem to me a little bit more like old souls. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. I I don't know. I don't know if that's like a hearkening back to... um, I don't know. It almost seems like to me there's like a reawakening of that type of thing. And I I think, you know, as a building contractor, I saw a lot of those people during the pandemic that were trying to move out of these bigger cities. Mm -hmm. It was one of they wanted this type of smaller, simpler, slower lifestyle. Definitely. When I moved out here, I knew that this is where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. It just felt 
like yeah. home immediately not just that's awesome because of the people i met but because of my personality mm-hmm. how i am and how i envisioned myself mm-hmm. this is just mm-hmm. i'm 100 a homebody as well mm-hmm. this is completely mm-hmm. out of my comfort zone well I you're told, doing a great job uh, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like i told you i'm in i'm an introverted extrovert yeah. if i am if i feel comfortable then i will be in you know mm-hmm. with the people mm-hmm. i am i'm yeah. very you know extroverted or whichever one of the two it is, yeah. but mm-hmm. I'm very to myself, quiet. Mm. I always look mad, <laughs> but I'm not. I promise. <laughs> I love it here. You got that resting bitch face. I do. Yeah, I that's do. all right. No, I that's do. all right. That's I try right. not to. I catch myself and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, smile, smile, smile. <laughs> no. Well, you know, I, I wonder how much of that too is like, I think at some point, you know, and I even felt this, you know, living in, in Sydney. I, w- I was so glad to get back here after that. That culture moves so fast. It's so fast. It's so fast. Mm-hmm. It's an eat or be eaten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, the time that I lived out there, I never knew my neighbors. I know. I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't tell you who my neighbors were. They were always in and out. You just kind of keep to yourself. No one says good morning. No one cares how your day is going. You know, no one asks you about your family, even though they don't know you. And that was just immediately one day I was by myself at Walmart when I first moved here. How are you doing? How's your family? And I'm just like, you don't even know me, but they're good. (laughs) You know, it took a while to get the mean girl out of me because it was just immediately this. Right. Why are you talking to me? I have somewhere to be. And mm-hmm. it was it was hard to slow down. Gotcha. It was really hard to slow down yeah. at first. And I think that that, you know, I, I think just speaking of the, you know, the culture of the United States at large, I think that there's a going back to that slowing down. I think after a while, there's a certain amount of burnout that comes with that digital, yeah. modern, fast-paced, go, go, go culture. And, you know, I think after a while, people, they you you long for something that's different than that. You know? Well, and that's America's work culture in general is crazy like that like i mean just the, not not just like the the hustle culture mm-hmm. but just our work culture is crazy yes it is crazy i mean working insane amount of hours insane hours on mm-hmm. top of that with you know very little breaks that have to be federally mandated or you wouldn't even get them right and that's a whole nother conversation for a whole different josh you just need to go work at twitter though i would love to work well, at i don't twitter. know how twitter is under elon now but i would love we had wine on tap before that you know? i would love to work at twitter yeah make eight figures a year and do yoga when i want to right i don't even do yoga so i think that's but i would you got to work for the one if of these i was social making eight figures i would i would do yoga <laughs> so what did you do out in california before you moved here if you don't mind me asking um i did a little bit of everything i worked for a workers comp law office that totally sucked <laughs> it was horrible imagine um and then after that i moved into a pain specialist i was a receptionist there for a nice. while um and that's pretty much it yeah. yeah i mean i'm i was pretty young when i moved out here i was right. 20 24 maybe yeah. 25 somewhere around there 
<clears throat> how good does it feel to get with one organization and stay with them like like safe place oh amazing it's they're my family <laughs> yeah that's awesome they are they are my family and i i love them i love all of them and what we do and how hard we try to do it together yeah, yeah. together there's a push for the common good and it always feels to you know that's one that's one of the hollow parts of my about my career in a lot of ways i've never yeah. feel i feel like i'm always working for like rich people affluent people not that there's anything wrong with that they're great people <clears throat> but I, I i feel like there's very little to feel good about charity and you know mm. working for something good in my career it's cool to be able to look and see what i've done look back and be like oh i created that and i built that and mm. like and i made that happen and it's going to be there for a while but you know i must wonder you know it makes me wonder i've always had a heart for you know giving back to the community and and for doing something that's working towards the common good and it makes me wonder if i didn't sometimes if i didn't miss a little bit of my calling in that regard right you know mm -hmm. well i mean i don't know i wouldn't say that you necessarily <clears throat> missed your calling because uh it's never too late i mean True. here we are doing this and um you know hopefully this will give back to the community in some small way if we can <coughs> do anything to help anybody then it's it's, yeah. it's all been worth it um but no you're you're still you're you're building homes mm -hmm. for people man that's pretty incredible True. that's pretty incredible you are literally building the space in which people live that's yeah i like that that's insane like that. if you really think about that like it's it's it's, it's, I don't know, stuff like that fascinates me, just the way that the society works. I mean, it all depends on people waking up that don't want to be awake in the first place, going to a job they don't want to be at in the first place, and doing their job to make this whole thing work, and it, it works. Yeah. It, it is a miracle that it works, but mm -hmm. it does. It does. You've got linemen out, you know, working um, in crazy conditions, getting our power back on. They don't want to be there. They don't want to do that, but they're doing it. And oh, we no. have electricity because of them. That's insane to me. It is kind of wild how the whole it thing is. works. Yeah. It? Our whole society is based around people doing just, they just do what they do. Mm -hmm. That's the, and I think we need to, as a society, maybe we need to have a little more gratitude. Yeah. I agree with that. Definitely. I maybe agree a with more that. Gratitude because that is a, Miracle. Yes, it is. The, the fact that we have electricity is a miracle. I know. What thirty-two thousand dollars? Boom! Top one percent of wage earners yep. in the entire world. Yep. Wild, wild to think about. So, Jennifer, I got one. No, go I'll let it. you close her out, but go I want to ask one thing, and I want to make sure we always get this in. What can somebody that wants to help Safe Place? what's the call to action here what can what can we do besides we know donate to the thrift store you know do not if somebody wanted to you know put their hands to the well are there volunteer opportunities with the, with you guys there is at the thrift stores mm -hmm. because of the nature of the shelter and all mm -hmm. that the eight the main the office and the shelter right. obviously tried to mm -hmm. keep under wraps but definitely in the stores and just if anyone has resources, we're always looking for better ways to connect our mm -hmm. our, our shelter clients that are there in any way that we can. Absolutely. And you guys obviously accept just donations without just monetary donations. Yes. No, not just thrift store stuff and all that right. stuff. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, being that you're the uh, the finance uh, <laughs> contact there, how can they get in touch with you if they were want, wanted to reach out and give? They could always call. Okay. Um, our phone number is 828-765-4015. And then we do have a website as well. It's mitchellcountysafeplace.org. And there is also a drop-down menu that has uh, where you can donate from mm -hmm. the website, and it has all of our information. It has the executive directors, email, my email, all of our information is on there. Sweet, mm -hmm. awesome, that's well, a good awesome. deal. Jennifer, thank you so much for doing this. This of has course. been a blast, <laughs> even with all the technical difficulties we right. had going on. This it can't really all be fun. perfect. I'd say it's the aliens. That's what it is. It is. It's, it it is. was the aliens that were buzzing. It it's was. the aliens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They yeah. probably flew right over your house. <laughs> they heard us talking. They were up there. Yep. They were listening. We manifested. They, the aliens watch Hollercast. I know they do. They have yeah. to. They definitely yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So really, thank you. It's really been a pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. It has and I've too. learned so much. Y'all are incredible too. I was watching the other podcasts and. It's amazing how much I learned just from the first two. and That means a lot. That means more than you know. It's well, and it's, you know, we want it to be everybody's thing. I, I, want, I really truly want this to be just a, a piece of what the community and, and maybe if we can just do a very small part to give, to educate people on what, mm -hmm. what really this community is all about and what we have here, I think we're, we're doing yeah. the right thing. Yep. Yep. Well, everybody, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. If you've made it this far, thanks for watching. We really appreciate it. We are going to have some awesome, really good, big stuff coming up. Going to be dropping some merch before long. Um, we are doing the advertisements. The biggest thing you can do is share this video. Share it like it subscribe to the channel if you haven't already hit the notification bell that really helps with the algorithm but sharing the video and getting eyes on this is the best thing you can do to support our channel the more support we get and the more this grows um, the more resources we're going to have to bring in guests to do more in the community and we're we've got a lot of stuff in the works that is going to be really awesome so and i want to make sure we mention too that big al's pack and ship our first sponsor yes 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 we cannot tell you how grateful we are for that i really appreciate you taking a chance on us and mm -hmm. we will do you right oh absolutely absolutely and if you want to uh, advertise and sponsor an episode or a series of episodes reset reach out to us at um hollercast irl at gmail.com and everybody, thank you so much. We love you all. We hope you have a wonderful night. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.